1: So let's eat in. Uh, I'm your host, Kathy Arway, and uh, this is Roberta's Pizza. We're at uh, the home of Heritage Radio Network. Um, It's the muggiest, hottest, sunniest uh, 5th of July ever. No, probably not ever. It's usually hot this time of year. But I hope everyone had a good time yesterday with a little firework action, maybe some barbecuing. And uh, uh, oh, by the way. Today's sponsor um, is brought to you by Brooklyn Bowl, dubbed by Rolling Stone as one of the greatest places on earth. Brooklyn Bowl's timely blend of live music, food by Blue Ribbon, and, of course, bowling. It's a perfect strike every time. Brooklyn Bowl is on 61 Wythe Ave in Williamsburg, Brooklyn, a short walk from the LRG. Check out brooklynbowl.com. That's our sponsor today. Um, So we also have a couple of really, really exceptional guests today. Um, We have Amanda Hesser and Meryl Stubbs, and they are both uh, the co-founders, writers, editors, cooks of food52.com um who's a fan me <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> thanks so much for making it out here thank you thanks for having us and congratulations on 52 recipes um that you just have completed and now, as i'm as far as i know the concept of the blog or website was to have 52 winner you know user generated recipes that kind of beat the uh other recipes out for best recipe of the week each week. Mm-hmm. So 52 weeks of doing this, you have the 52 winners, and you're going to make a cookbook with those recipes, correct? Okay?
2: Yeah, we we actually, um, so it was 52 weeks, you know, a full year. And uh, for most of the year, we were actually running two recipe contests per week. So we ended up with over 100 winners over the course of a year. Oh, wow. So we've got,
1: yeah, enough for a real cookbook. (laughs) Yeah, that's great. (laughs) So it'll be 104 recipes? 104 with a few others. It's actually more than that. It's
3: like 140. That's true. We named um, wildcard winners, like winners, uh, just recipes that people would upload to the site that were you know, sometimes related to the contest, sometimes just, like, their favorite recipes, we would sort of pluck them out behind the scenes and test them, ones that we thought looked great, and then we would uh, uh, award them, like, a wild card win. So they also get in the book, they get win a book, and they won a prize. And so we sort of tried to keep it, um, like, a mix of the structured, you know, weekly recipe contests with the sort of spontaneity of a wild card. Editor's phase and stuff. Yeah,
1: yeah. Cool. And did you cook every single recipe? (laughs) We did, indeed. yes. Oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, often yeah. more than once. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> so we we lot. test
1: about
3: um, ten to fifteen percent of the entries. We read every single one, and then we select ten to fifteen percent to try out. Um, we test those, and then we choose two finalists. Um, and then Meryl and I make them again for a photo shoot, and then often again for a video. So by the time they've become officially finalists, they're very
2: uh, well vetted.
1: Yeah. Well tested too, did you come up with any anything that really didn't work along the way or
2: yeah i mean there there are some recipes that that didn't work in the in the testing, certainly the initial and testing phase, and you know I think one of the reasons for that is that and we've heard this directly from our readers is that a lot of people just cook by feel and they aren't used to writing down a mm-hmm. recipe, so when it comes time to translate what they have made a million times you know without thinking about it to, to you know a a recipe online it's often difficult for them to come up with measurements and and so often it's sort of a proportion issue (laughs) that that ends up being
3: you know recipe writing is really an art form and so like you know it's even beyond the measurements just you know Describing the look and feel. Some people, it's like they they're so comfortable making their own recipe that actually, you know, writing down all the little um, details that would be important for someone who hasn't made that recipe before. It's it's just not or obvious. maybe never worked with yeah. that ingredient
1: yeah. before. Yeah, Did yeah, that technique. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. find this
3: a lot with with chefs. It's it's they. It's sometimes hard for them to translate what they do into an actual like structured recipe that accounts for every um, little worry that a person new to the recipe might have. Right.
1: Yeah. I I definitely encountered that too, writing recipes kind of on the fly for my blog. (laughs) Yeah. I'm like, guesstimation is a virtue. (laughs) Just so you know, disclaimer, disclaimer, disclaimer. Sometimes it works Um, and sometimes it doesn't. (laughs) But it's amazing. Sometimes uh, a lot of people will write in, they'd be like, oh, I did this differently, just on a whim. And it was great. So I hope people just do stuff like that. Yeah. Continually.
2: Yeah, we get a lot. Actually, our, our finalist recipes typically get you Know upwards of like 30 or 40 comments, and often you know, usually they're like, This is a great recipe, mm-hmm. but often there are also other ideas, yeah, you know, or I've variations that are, are great to have, and there's some really good conversations going yeah, on, yeah, yeah, good
1: forum, yeah. So, I know you're a bona fide, you know, expert recipe tester, Merrill, right? <laughs>
2: and well, I, I mean, I went to uh cooking school and worked testing recipes at Cooks Illustrated, um, initially, and then. Did some um, recipe development freelance recipe development for um, the times and and some other publications, so you know I have i guess recipe testing chops but mm-hmm. uh, amanda has just as many, if not more, than I do.
3: <laughs> well, we tested um, more than 1,400 recipes together. And there's that. on uh, <laughs> your a, cookbook. Yeah, the
1: cookbook that's coming out this fall.
3: Yeah, so we, we've we done a lot of recipe testing. Yes, we have. Yes, together. We a lot of time in the kitchen together, which is really great.
1: So the cookbook, by the way, it's coming out in the fall. It's the New York Times, the best of mm-hmm. the recipes.
3: Yeah. Uh, what's the exact title again? It's, it's called the Essential the New York Times Essential cookbook. New York Times Yeah, cookbook. so it's a look back at their entire recipe archive, which goes back to the 1850s. And um, you know, wow. And is a selection of the sort of most interesting, noteworthy, um, great recipes from it. Throughout
1: the years, throughout yeah. the 1850s. I can't imagine what those recipes must be like. Um, oh. excellent, excellent, a lot of
4: them. Really? <laughs> yeah. 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 A lot more
1: sophisticated than you
2: might imagine.
1: That's great. I can't wait to see them. <laughs> um, thank you for archiving and compiling. Everything um, from those years, and is it your own choice? Kind of, yeah, yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. Well, um, and a lot of readers wrote in about their favorites, and so that's how like Meryl and I formulated like what to test because, um, based on because you know before nineteen. you know, seventies. We weren't around,
1: mm-hmm. <laughs> so um, so we needed some guidance. Yeah, absolutely. You know. So it seems like Food Fifty Two, and, and maybe what you mentioned a bit about how you chose recipes in the Essential Times Cookbook. It's very, um, it's very user kind of generated, and it's very power of you know voice of the people, uh, audience you know chosen
4: mm-hmm.
1: um, recipes. Why did you decide to have? Um, First of all, Food 52. Um, you know, a lot of people put up food blogs and recipe blogs, and it's their own, you know, favorites, but this is all really recipes from readers. Well, I think, the, the, I mean, with the name itself, I mean, it was important
3: to us that people understood that this was not, like, our personal blog. This was a this is a place for everyone. And so sort of having a, a more kind of um, general name, like Food52, but 50, you know, we, we knew we wanted to do this 50, uh, create a cookbook in 52 weeks. And so, um, and, you know, we liked... Um, you know, names like the band Matchbox 20 and Area mm-hmm. 51. And so we were sort of inspired by that, and we wanted 52 in it, and, you know, and food was nice and short and kind of got the point across. And it was also more general because it wasn't just, you know, recipes 52 or, you know, it, it sort of gave us some range.
2: And and in terms of it being all, as you, as you noted, um, user-generated or, you know, crowdsourced, the, sort of the buzzwords, um, you know, basically, first of all, the idea for... Food 52 really came from the New York Times project. Um, okay. because we had we made this observation while we were testing all of these recipes that were recommended by readers that actually a huge you know huge portion of them were recipes that came from home cooks they were printed in The Times but they were actually recipes that did not come from chefs or even from the food writers themselves but you know were from you know someone who's famous for her um, apple cake or whatever and, and just had her moment in the spotlight because Craig Claiborne decided to mm-hmm. include her recipe so that was sort of the the genesis For this idea about giving, you know, a voice to these sort of um, individual experts who are out there and as evidenced by all these food blogs. So in a way, we sort of we also took all the individual food blogs as um, inspiration, but we wanted to be at like a gathering place rather than just adding our personal voices to the mix. So, sort of another platform for people.
1: And working with um, average folks or non-professional chefs' recipes, do you see any, like, notable differences between those and, like you mentioned, uh, you know, chefs' recipes are very kind of uh, hard to work through sometimes, and it's not as... Do you see any differences yeah. in how that? I think, well, one thing that leaps
3: to mind that has, it's so great is voice. Mm-hmm. People who aren't trained to write uh, recipes for magazines <laughs> and that sort of like kind of sterile magazine style, which, you know, is great because it's very clear and it's, you know, kind of universally clear. Um, the thing is that when, you know, regular people uh, write their recipes, they write them <laughs> like they talk. And so they often, you know, um, you know. Pr- point out details, or, you know, write funny de- write funny little things, it's like, it's you know, like, you know, like, then I then like to eat the leftovers right here, <laughs> you know, I like <laughs> yeah. to stand at my counter and drink a beer and, and have the, like, trimmings from the, you know, from the roast while, yeah. while it's, you know, the sauce is finishing, and just all of that sort of lovely... Um, um, kind of like narrative to how people cook at home and, and it's really nicely distilled and captured in their recipes and it's it's terrific and of course you know yes sometimes they leave out things like season the dish
4: but to us
1: the
3: voice is uh, so much more valuable absolutely. than the kind of you know um, sort of scientific method yeah that's a
1: great thing to preserve mm-hmm. absolutely yeah, you do get you all these see any types of food that these home cooks are favoring or maybe smoked
2: paprika oh, really <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and <that> pesto. Was, <laughs>
1: yes, and pesto. Those
2: are the ingredients of 2009 through 2010. Um, yeah, it's funny. There really is a smoked pesto. I'm smoked pesto. That'd be good. That's <laughs> smoked
4: paprika pesto. Let's make it that right could now. Work. Um,
2: yeah. No. Smoked paprika. Like got to the point where we basically had to say, all right, enough. We're not like testing any more recipes mm-hmm. that have smoked paprika in them because otherwise the cookbook is going to be, you know, fifty percent. Whoa. That's, <laughs> that's, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there are other little trends too. Um, I'm trying. To, there's there's oh, a lot r- of ramps. Maybe. Ramps. Yeah. You
3: know. There's a um, lot of deep frying. Yes, there is, actually, a surprising <laughs> amount. Yeah.
2: Yep. Mm-hmm. yep, which we both embrace. Yes, <laughs> we're happy to deep fry, <laughs> anytime.
1: Wow, I remember um, when I had come to, to uh, shoot a video with you guys yeah. in the early spring, um, ramps were just coming around, and you guys were about to do a contest for ramps, and you weren't sure about how popular it would be amongst readers, but has it really taken off then? Yeah, they it were, and to-
2: they, they continued to come in after submissions had closed for the, for the ramps context yeah so. there's a
1: real mm-hmm.
2: lust for ramps mm-hmm. these days it's funny though because actually the uh, the west coast people were sort of bemoaning the fact that they don't have them and they were a lot some people didn't know what they were and others were sort of saying oh i wish you know wish it would be on the east coast to have ramps i never knew that
3: yeah i didn't either um it was kind of a great moment for conversation around you know so the, yeah. the east coasters kind of you know jumped in and Filled in the West Coasters, and then you know, occasionally the West Coasters would say, "Enough about ramps. They're tired." <laughs> Do you move, have a good go-to to substitute beaks, maybe you
1: know? for ramps? Or oh, that's
3: tough. <clears throat> you could, like yeah. guess mix you know, garlic and leeks. Or yeah, something onions, like that. You know, yeah. Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah, scallions maybe. Yeah, shallots. I'm Scallion, growing some scallions. Are a little
3: sharp. I think. Yeah, they are. Yeah, yeah that's, that's true.
1: true. What about shallots? I'm growing these shallots, and they have like really um, big. But they're still, like, hollow um, shoots. Mm-hmm. Kind of like the tops are more like sh- sh- scallions. Scallions, mm-hmm. scallions yeah. Mm-hmm. And the bottom is this mild. Hmm. Especially when they're young. I think they're as small as ramps. That could work. Hmm. Try it out and let us know what you think. Well, <laughs> you know,
3: um, in Spain, they eat wintered over onions. They call them cal-sot or calcote. And um, they eat them with this uh, with romesco sauce in the springtime. And they just grill them. But they kind of, they're, they're, they look sort of like a wild league...
2: Um, that sounds or, really great. You know, like a big ramp. So just mm-hmm. move to Spain. Yeah, so just if you could just move to Spain. <laughs> right, yeah.
1: And then go at the right time when it's right, just wintered over. <laughs> exactly. Cool, so um, Meryl, I know you chose a song to play. Uh, it's a friend's band. So yeah. Uh, we'll just have
2: a... Um, my friend Abby Barrett is a singer-songwriter living in uh, Cambridge. And um, we're going to play a song um, from her uh, first album. And the song is called Shine a Little
1: Light. Cool, we'll be right back after the song. i yeah. Alright, thanks for that song, Meryl. Not at all. We're back on Let's Eat In. I'm your host, Kathy Arway, and uh, today's show is brought to you by Brooklyn Bowl. They're sponsoring Heritage Radio Network. Thanks a lot. And we're at Roberta's Pizza with Amanda Hasser and Meryl Stubbs from Food52. We were just talking about the end of the, well, not actually the end of the project, but the end of the recipe gathering for Food52's upcoming cookbook. Uh, what's it going to be called, by the way? Food 52? Oh, good or? question. <laughs> well,
3: that's a question that we actually need to uh, talk with our community about, because mm-hmm. they're going to actually take part in every detail of the sort of book production. Wow. It's like the, the sort of decisions that get made along the way, like the title or the okay. look of the
1: cover and the So maybe you know, you'll, font. you'll crowdsource the title and the cover and yeah. the fonts. Yeah, oh, yeah that's, that's the idea. That's terrific. I wish I had that. one. <laughs> 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 I was crowdsourcing my friends. I'm like, do you like this? <laughs> 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 that's such a cool idea. So everyone has a bit more, I don't know, ownership uh, participation. I mean, we felt like it was a great opportunity to, like, sort of give people
3: uh, a chance to participate in this creative process that not that many people get it, you know, who love food get a chance to, like, create a cookbook. And so, yeah, we didn't want it just to be the content of the cookbook, but, like, the whole sort of... um, uh, you know, packaging and um, and even the way it, it will be publicized. You know, we right. love people to take part in. So, I mean, we think of you know, Food Fifty Two is really the the community, not like
1: us creating a cookbook with their stuff. Yeah, it's the the home cooks of of. Food 52's cookbook, really exactly,
2: yeah. That's what, how we want people to feel about it because they really did all the work too. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah. Cool. So it's going to be t- divided into sections like appetizer, entree, and all that stuff. It's probably going to be chronological, just because we feel that the story
2: of the 52 weeks is mm-hmm. actually really fun. Because you know, when we started out, things were very different from how they are now. We had a much smaller audience, and mm-hmm. our process was a little bit different. And you know, we sort of Got to know people along the way as they became part of the community, and so we felt that there was some, some value in telling that story. And plus, it makes it seasonal if you do it
1: chronologically. Okay, so that's that's yeah. perfect. And yeah. then
3: obviously in the index we'll have like you know soups, salads, and mm-hmm. so that
1: people can navigate it in
3: different ways.
1: Mm-hmm. That's interesting. So I bet by the end it's sort of like the creme de la creme because it's like sourced between so many more people than than the end. That's and the it's idea. Really yeah, stakes are yeah. high. Cool. Yeah. yeah, we really
2: feel that. Um, no one person could create the kind of book that we're going to end up with over the course of a year because Mm -hmm. you know the energy and the talents of of the crowd is really uh valuable it's been amazing i mean we you know when we started the project we
3: were betting that there were all of these really you know great cooks out there um and what we found is that yes that is in fact true but there are really the recipes have been much even much better than we had hoped for I mean, they're just sophisticated they're interesting they're they have soul mm-hmm. you know they um they're things they're dishes you know I feel like I'll just I will make for the rest of my life
1: yeah you know so it started with this hunch and um I think that that that's just fantastic coming from two you know professionals in the food world to just bring it back to the homes and and see what what's out there what's cooking yeah um is that really what what is the uh, so you came up with the idea together when you were writing the New York Times cookbook mm-hmm. um, and had you both done anything online before or Man, like I had blog. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had done a non-food
3: thing. I had done okay. a, a, an application for Twitter called Plot, which actually allowed you to track tweets. Um, I happened to track things that I ate, um, <laughs> uh-huh. surprise, <laughs> so surprise. I used it to my own for <laughs> my own personal. But other people used it to, like to track the miles they ran, or you know, okay. the oil prices or whatever. Um, so yeah, that was uh, my foray online.
2: And I no, I had done. Pretty much nothing online. I'd written for a couple of online publications, but certainly hadn't been behind the scenes. Um, you know, had been in pretty traditional print mm-hmm. media before that. So it was a real adventure for me. I learned a lot from Amanda. <laughs>
1: Well, we've oh. le- we've learned a lot together. That's, that's true. <laughs> well, <laughs> you definitely started at a higher a higher level than I did. <laughs> well, I think that this is really innovating uh, how food and recipes get published. So, thanks thanks for coming up with it. It's oh. a really neat idea. Oh. Thank you. And nice. what's next? Are you going to do another fifty two weeks? Yeah, that's yeah. the idea.
3: Awesome. Yeah. So this summer we're just do, we're doing one contest a week, and it's actually sponsored by Whole Foods. And um, so th- there's one ingredient a week. Um, and the winners get a $100 uh, gift, gift, gift card at Whole oh, Foods, and then one of the eight winners will get a $1,000 um, gift card. So we're going to do that through the summer. Meryl's getting married in August. <laughs> oh, congratulations. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you. And then we're going to, like, jump back in in September and start a new book then. Yeah, great. start the next I know you've too. had
1: um, cookbook or, uh, potlucks um, centered around, um, you had this one cookbook contest a while ago. Um no? The the Oh piggery? oh the tournament the, the tournament, course tournament course. cookbooks last yeah, yeah, fall. And yeah, yeah. we'll do um, that again, yeah. Yeah. That's that should be really fun.
2: Yeah, those are the, the potlucks and the uh, the piglet, as we call it, are actually not related, but they're both kinda cool things that have that have mm-hmm. grown out of this. So um the Tournament of Cookbooks, which we'll do um, again this fall, is basically an, an NCAA-style um, bracketed <laughs> tournament of what we're calling you know, the most noteworthy cookbooks of the year. And we basically get um, all of these uh, known voices in the food world to um, take two books at a time, cook a bunch of recipes from them, <laughs> read them, and then sort of pick, pick a winner for that round. And then whatever book they pick advances to the next round. And so you have this sort of... Um, you know, slow whittling down, and then you have a, a victor at the end, um, which who gets the piglet trophy. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we'll do that again this fall. Um, but the potlucks, Amanda, do you want to? Oh yeah. Um, <clears throat> so the potlucks just were something
3: that actually formed without. Um, without us, which was, which was great. It was, it was the people who were spending time on the site and kind of getting to know each other through the comments section and where, and through the recipes oh, wow. um, decided they really wanted to meet each other in person. So um, I can't remember who started the first one. I but think
2: it was uh, Antonia James Antonia James,
3: the Bay Area. Yeah, right, that's right. Yeah. And she organized a group of people who were in the Bay Area to come over to her house and each bring a dish. Or actually, they went to somebody else's house, but yes, they, they, each brought, else's they, house. they each brought a dish, and um, you know some of the recipes were from Food 52. Some of them were just their own personal mm-hmm. specialties, and they got together and like socialized offline, which to us was like you know perfect and great, and we you know wished we could have gone to that one. And then it turned out that there was a few more formed, and including one in Central Park, which we were able to attend about a month ago, and it was, I mean, it Amazing. was just fantastic to like. You know, because you, 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 we really have developed relationships with people all over the country um, through their cooking and through, you know, the comment section and to actually be able to break bread with them was, a, was a, a great treat. And I think that that's sort of, to us, like a great symbol of community, um, online community, is right. when you are inspired to actually um, meet offline as well.
1: Yeah. It's um, really neat, and it kind of goes along with what you're saying. Like, the r- these recipes are very human. Um, there's this, like... A personal uh quality about them yeah and uh and then you can actually meet in person and hang out and try each other's food uh-huh. so when's the next one in new york taking oh, place <laughs> i think actually there's been
2: talk about doing one in, at the end of august yeah um sort of around labor day barbecue yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah so we'll fun. keep you posted <laughs> cool what well, you do
3: on the site we have a, a meetup.com does okay. a, like a meetup everywhere so we have a little meetup widget where you where people are forming uh, potlucks and i think there are like sort of 20 in the works at the moment
1: Yeah, so go check them out if you're interested. Great idea. And that's something that just totally happened organically. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't part of the plan. Yeah, I mean, we did not come up with it. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) That's what I find about a home cook, or just people who love food, that it's all about sharing it, too. Because who wants to eat it all by themselves? Right, food is inherently social. Yes.
2: And um, that's really something that Amanda and I have both always really loved and appreciated about it and about our our jobs Mm -hmm. um and so to be able to bring that to this sort of larger community has been really gratifying
1: so there's been a lot of potlucks and parties going on lately i'm sure um backyards now that's nice out what's your favorite potluck dish to bring lately Hmm, it's an
2: interesting question i've i've been bringing a cucumber salad recently which i'm almost embarrassed to even say what it is because it's so simple but everyone seems to like it it's just basically like a german cucumber salad with um sliced onion red onions, red onions and i mix sherry and rice vinegar together and then put in my secret ingredient which is caraway seeds nice Mm, it's delicious i've had it (laughs) you know
3: i just made a cucumber salad yesterday you did that it's actually based on a a florence fabricant recipe that ran in the times i think in the 80s and Mm -hmm. it's just you slice cucumbers and you salt them and then you drain them and then you mix sour cream lemon zest and lemon juice Very simple. I love it. It's fantastic. But yesterday, I um, I used Persian
1: cucumbers. Have you ever oh, used I them? Oh, I haven't used them yet. I love those. amazing. They they're so a, great. Yeah. They're like the size of a... A cigar. A, yeah. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. And they're yeah. so crunchy, and you they're eat just, the whole skins. Yeah. And, yeah. Mm-hmm. and they
3: just have a lot of flavor, a lot of texture. Um, and then I, I used um, preserved Meyer lemon that I had bought oh. at Brooklyn Larder and just diced it up and used that in place of the like le- like regular mm-hmm. lemon zest. And it was just incredible that It's just like great like, yeah three or four ingredients that um, sounds really good. I'll have it's, you know have to get it's gets better lemon. as it sits yeah 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 but even if you just use regular lemon and it's just the lemon and sour cream it's yeah. this incredible combo so I,
1: I, I made th- a cucumber salad recently that um it's kind of like your smear but um it was with uh toasted uh cumin seeds oh yeah and then some shallot and actually lemon juice instead mm, of vinegar. Mm-hmm. So we and all like cucumbers. to bring cucumber salads to Potluck's family. Yeah. <laughs> <So. laughs> if we're ever at a Potluck
2: together, we know what there's going to be a lot
1: of. <laughs> <laughs> well, how about uh, one of my favorite questions? What do you like to make for a most romantic date meal?
4: Mm.
1: I know you dedicate a whole book to this, Amanda. <laughs> yeah, <I've been laughs> You're the expert. <laughs> that book, again, would be... Um, Meeting, Cook, cooking. Uh, cooking for Mr. Latte. Yes, yes, there you go. I was going to uh, say meeting Mr. Latte, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> that would have worked too. Yeah. <laughs> Both of those things happened.
3: <laughs> um, well, I actually, my now husband, Mr. Latte, um, he um, always requests the same thing on his birthday, which I would say oh. is, is his, his uh, ideal romantic meal, which is this uh, pasta rigatoni with white bolognese, which has no, no tomato oh, in it, and, um, and a chocolate cake with chocolate sour cream ice cream. Oh, yeah.
1: mm. Mm. I think I say it in. Pasta and chocolate cake. Yeah. Doesn't get much better than can, yeah. that. <laughs> what else
2: do <laughs> you? you need? How
1: about you?
2: Well, I I feel like actually it's a fairly new recipe um, that I just, I think, made for the first time last summer, but it's become a real staple. And it's uh, it always inspires us to light a candle and sit at the dining room table like, you know, human <laughs> people. Um, <laughs> I call it rosy chicken. And mm-hmm. it's basically just a sort of, slow stewed chicken thighs with um cherry tomatoes and rosé wine instead of white wine um, and some basil and you know whatever herbs you have around and lots of garlic
1: I love it. I, that even sounds romantic too. Like well, you could put, it sort of sounds, yeah. You should put a rose on the table and then <laughs> <laughs> maybe some rose petals or yeah. rose water. <laughs> yeah, I'll try that next time. Wow, that <laughs> sounds really good. Thanks. Is it your own recipe that you just yeah, made I, it up? Yeah, I was
2: inspired by a Jamie Oliver recipe and went way afield. I loved his original, which was just cherry tomatoes and I think basil. Uh, I've sort of forgotten at this point. Uh, and you end up, you cook it not in liquid it's like more of a sort of roasting tomatoes. thing but the tomatoes yeah. all leach you totally. know they're liquid and then I added wine to it and then I ended up putting it on the stovetop instead of in the oven and then I added a bunch of other things and it just kind of morphed into rosy chicken sounds- so thank you Jamie Oliver <laughs> for <laughs> my most romantic awesome. meal
1: <laughs> how appropriate the naked chef <laughs> <laughs> hey I'll take I'll take tips from him anytime yeah me too he's a good guy <laughs> Cool. So um, it seems like that's just about all the time we've got. But I do want to um, mention that uh, the Food 52 cookbook is going to come out in about a year. Um, you guys are going to have, or Amanda's going to, and you worked on this book too, um, going to have the Essential Times cookbook coming out uh, when exactly? Or? Uh, late October. Late October can't wait for that are you kicking off any crazy events book party tours um i think i am going to be hopping around a bit i know i'm in san francisco and
3: la and chicago and tulsa exciting you guys <laughs> have an
1: exciting year ahead of you yeah. you're getting married <laughs> i don't know how you had time to come here on this show but oh. thank you so much for making it well
2: thank you our for pleasure having us. yeah thanks
1: cool well hopefully see you again and good luck in the meantime uh drafting up that book <laughs> <laughs> <Thank> <laughs> always nice you. to chat with another great cook oh thanks anytime <laughs> uh i think our engineer just walked away but we'll see you next week and i'd <laughs> like to thank jack He's kinsley <laughs> and nat wiener in the control booth and uh everyone at heritage radio network and roberta's pizza we'll see you next week thanks